from retipster.com. This is the RE Tipster Podcast. This show is all about using your limited time and energy to invest in real estate with lower risk and bigger rewards. If you want to build more financial freedom from real estate without putting your life savings on the line, this show is for you. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Seth Williams here and Jaron Barnes with the RE Tipster Podcast. And today, I have a cold, as you might be able to tell from my voice already. But today, we have a really, really interesting guest on the show. We've decided to mix it up a little bit and interview somebody who is not necessarily an expert on real estate per se, but is one of the world's leading experts on content marketing online. Leslie Samuel is the founder of becomeablogger.com, where he teaches people how to leverage the power of blogging and a lot of other stuff for that matter. This is something that I think applies to just about any business out there, including real estate, where there's just a lot of power in establishing yourself as an authority in your niche And there are few better ways to do that than by starting a blog and leading an online community in some way, shape, or form. And this is something I learned firsthand back when I decided to throw my hat in the ring by starting the RE Tipster blog back in 2012. And honestly, it has been nothing short of life-changing for me and a lot of the people in my life. So, I mean, maybe you haven't thought about uh, building your real estate investing brand with something like a blog, or maybe you have, but you just didn't know where to start. In either case, today's episode is going to be a crash course on how to get started with that. So, Leslie, thank you so much for being on the show. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. I'm glad to be on the show. And maybe by the end of the show, I'll be saying, yeah, I'm getting into real estate investing. Yeah, so, we'll see how, so we'll see how it goes. That's the goal. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. So let's just quick dive into your story a little bit. My understanding, we were talking just before we got on this call here, that uh, you were a high school teacher, but you wanted to become a professor, but you didn't have a PhD. Uh, what... Uh, Tell us the story. How did it all go? Oh, yeah, that, so it's actually quite interesting. So I'm teaching at a high school, mm-hmm. and while I'm, t- it's a boarding academy. So the students live there. You're their teacher. You're their parent. You're everything, wow. even on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And I'm teaching there, and I kind of stumbled onto you know doing stuff online, and supposedly you could make some money doing it. And I got into blogging, and I was doing well there. And I thought to myself, you know what? I always wanted to be this university professor thing. I don't have a PhD. What can I do? Well, and I thought to myself, hey, I'm learning what blogging mm-hmm. and video and all this stuff. So why not just take that and teach exactly what I wanted to teach? So that's what I did. I started a blog. It was called Interactive Biology. And it just started growing like crazy. You know, I'm putting my videos on YouTube. I'm putting them on the blog. I'm, I'm adding content to the blog and doing the things that I had been learning about blogging. And it grew to a point where it started getting me, you know, decent exposure. And at a certain point, I, I found out at a position at the university that I used to teach for an anatomy professor in a doctor of physical therapy program. And someone recommended that I should apply. Now, um, interestingly enough, I'm not a physical therapist. I've never taken anatomy, <laughs> but I'm interested in the topic and I'm interested in biology and physiology and neuroscience and those types of things, which is a part of what I'd be teaching. So I applied, they saw the application, they put it to the bottom of the pile because it didn't make sense. I went in, I met with the chair of the department because I wanted to kind of show him, hey, it's not just me uh, without a PhD. There's also this thing that I do that's a blog and I think you'd be interested in it. Long story short, you know, he saw it and he was so amazed by it that he said, you know what, you weren't even going to get an interview because your application didn't make sense. <laughs> but now I'm going to make sure that you at least get an interview. Uh, and, and I'm going to take you around and introduce you to all of the other people on the committee that's making the decision just so that they can have a face to put to the name. Hmm. Hmm. And this guy proceeded to walk me around like I was his long lost son and telling <laughs> all these people about this amazing website that I put together and, and yada, yada, yada. Long story short, I got the job as a professor, not because I'm a PhD, because I still don't have the PhD, <laughs> but because I decided, you know what, I'm not going to wait for the PhD. I'm going to start creating content 
putting it online, build my blog, build my audience, and start doing the things that I would be doing if I were a professor. And that opened the way for me to become a professor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, what uh, gave you the idea to start a blog at all? Like, were you following somebody like Pat Flynn or uh, Darren Rouse or somebody like that? Or what? Yeah, good question. So I was doing this thing called freebie trading at the time, mm -hmm. where these freebie websites, you sign up, complete an offer and refer friends and yada, yada, yada. I found a way where there were forums with people looking to complete those offers. So I kind of matched those people with the offers and I started making money online. But the problem that I was having is I had to constantly be in the forums. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't there, people wouldn't find me. I, and I was looking around for a way to make it so that people could come and find me on the internet. Mm -hmm. So I stumbled into, onto this guy, Yaro Starak. He's out of oh, Australia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was teaching people about, he had this blog profits blueprint. And I went and I downloaded it. Uh, and then I went through his training and all that stuff. And I started a blog called The Freebie Guy. <laughs> and I was the guy teaching people about freebies until I realized that I didn't care about freebies, but I cared more about this whole content creation and blogging um, aspect of things. Mm -hmm. And then I started teaching more about that. And it just kind of went from there to where I decided, hey, these principles are sound. Let's test them out outside of teaching people about making money online. Let's test it out in, in something that it doesn't seem like you'd be able to make money off of. And that's how I kind of went in the direction of starting the biology blog. Sure. Interesting. So I, I'm just curious because a lot of the times when we are in these interviews, right, like we're, we're just in two seconds, we're brush stroking like probably months and months of your life right if not years, years right yeah so when you first started you know take us back to when you're still working at that boarding school and uh -huh. and you're just getting started in blogging what was like you're like okay this is interesting i see an opportunity but where was the the gap between going from huh this is interesting to like okay I actually have a domain and i run a blog now like how did you go from point a to point B. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, when I learned about the freebie trading thing, yeah. I started making money like almost immediately. I'm not, I'm not talking tons of money, but I remember when I first started for the first time, I saw $70 in my PayPal account yeah. in a day. Mm -hmm. And that just blew my mind. Yeah, a big deal. Like, because up to that point, it was just those websites where people say, you know, give me something and I will show you how to make $6,225.82 mm. <laughs> in 30 days, no experience, yada, yada, yada. So it was all kind of like this mysterious, man, can you really make money on the internet? So when that happened on January 18, 2008, <laughs> and I remember the day because it was kind of like, this is now real. And in my mind, it was kind of a thing where, okay, if I can do this in one day, I could do it again and then again and again and again and again. And that's kind of how it went from there. You know, I started teaching people about what I was learning and I continued making money. I think in my first, in my first year, I made something like $21,000. Oh. And for me, as a, you know, a high school teacher, making $21,000 on the side by type, doing stuff on the internet, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, sure. So so it was kind of like, okay, so I did it and I validated it in that one space. And I kind of wanted, not just because I was, you know, passionate about biology, but because I also wanted to demonstrate that it was possible in a different space. Uh, and that's kind of how I transitioned in 2009 I started that blog and I was kind of running both of them at the, at, at the same time. So it, it was more of a, wait, I made money. This stuff is real. Let me see how I could continue to do this and get better at it. And then how can I help other people take whatever it is they're passionate about or what they're into and build an online business with that using blogging and video and all that stuff. Mm. I want to dive into a little bit as to why you think an entrepreneur would want to establish a blog and online following in the first place. I know my reasons why, but do you think that blogging and establishing an online following is the right fit for everybody across the board if you're an entrepreneur or, or if you just have an interest in general? What are your thoughts on that? 
I don't think it's for everyone. Absolutely not. And that is evidenced by the fact that so many people kind of get into it and then run away with their tail between their legs. It is not for everyone. The way I look at blogging, it's a way for you to build a platform. And it's something that takes a lot of work, quite frankly. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but it does take work. Anytime you're trying to build a business, it does take work. So I look at it from a perspective of if you have knowledge that you know other people would want to get from you and you want to build a platform to share that knowledge and use that platform to build a business, then blogging makes sense. Then being a content creator is something that makes sense. If you are doing business in a certain industry and you want to be known as the authority in that space for whatever that niche is, and you want to be that go-to source, that resource that people can come to and learn from, then it does make sense for, for you. And not only does it make sense, it actually gives you a significant amount of leverage. Mm. Because as you grow, now you have an audience. And when you have an audience, uh, there's so much that you can do. There's so, much, there's so many ways that you can serve that audience in exchange for compensation. So for me, it's for the entrepreneur or the business owner that has acquired knowledge, wants to share it with others, and then wants to use that to build a platform that they can leverage for bigger and better things. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because I used to work for a pretty big real estate wholesale company out of Indianapolis. And one of the things that really distinguished us from our competition was the fact that we had somewhat of a little bit of a brand. Like we had a podcast, we had leaders of one of the local meetups that all the wholesalers went to. And what that did was it kind of established us as the company for all new wholesalers to bring their properties to. And we had the authority. Yeah, we had the authority in, in the space. And it was it was really weird how you don't think that, hey, I'm going to teach everybody how I do the business that I do, that that's actually going to generate business for you. But it, it didn't create competition. It led people to trusting us and then bringing us their deals. And it was, a, I think, probably 40% of our deals actually came from other wholesalers. If you think about it, and this is just talking from my experience, because I had a blog and I established myself as an authority online, Although there were 27 applicants for the job, I stood out. Hmm. I didn't have the qualifications, but I stood out and it opened up that door, which to me was a huge door. It has opened up doors for me to travel all over the world speaking about things that I'm passionate about. It has opened up the door for me to be on the Discovery Network, on on the Science Channel as a part of the Discovery Network, on a show in 11 different episodes, you know, talking about strange things that are happening. I'm this, and I'm this biology expert uh, that's on there trying to explain different situations. It's opened up so many doors and interesting opportunities, business opportunities, because now you are that person that people go to for information. You are that authority. And for me, it's about it's it's about that, because. Now I'm in a position where I can provide value to so many people. And that for me is extremely significant. I can help people accomplish their dreams. I can help them build their businesses. And by them building their businesses, uh, they're able to provide for their family. I mean, it, it's, there's so many things that can come from building a platform where you become known as the authority. Yeah. Yeah. That, that story you were talking about, but how you, you got the job because of your blog and your online presence, not because of your PhD. That actually doesn't surprise me at all to hear that. And it, yeah. there's, um, I think of various people I follow online and like in my mind, they're celebrities. Like they're on the same level as like Tom Cruise or, you know, some, Absolutely. somebody that everybody knows because I, I just pay attention to them so much and everything they say carries so much weight. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I, I just I think that kind of thing goes a lot further than a piece of paper, you know, proving that you are an expert or that you're smarter than everybody else. Um, and then and then there are a lot of people that will say, yeah, but OK, that worked for your space. But in my industry, you know, it's very competitive. We keep our secrets or this and that. We, people don't do that. And whenever I hear that, I think 
that is perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why you should be doing it because then you will be that one, you know, strange thing in the room, <laughs> the, the elephant in the room where you stand out yeah. <laughs> like a sore thumb. And that's exactly what you want. Yeah. You want to stand out. You want to be known as that authority. And if you're in a space where it's very protective of information, you be that person that's creating that content putting it out there and having the impact you want to have. Yeah. Spot on, man. Yeah, I saw a video years ago now from uh, Casey Neistat where, oh. you know, if you don't know who Casey Neistat is, he's probably like the number he's one vlogger on YouTube to be honest. right now. I mean, <laughs> he's yeah, literally he just, my hero. <laughs> he, he does amazing, amazing work. And But I remember him saying that, you know, the thing that he does is something that, like technically anybody can do it. But mm-hmm. thing about that is though, like he works really, really, really hard at it. And he's mm-hmm. spent years becoming pretty much like one of the best there is. So it is an interesting dynamic where like, yes, anybody can do it, but like, will they do it? Absolutely not. Like a lot of people exactly. just don't have the patience or the time or I don't know, the set of gifts necessary to really make it work. So. Yeah, if, if you think about it, what anatomy professor in a doctoral program is going to be in his basement recording YouTube videos? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's not typical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it really makes it, in my mind, easier to get traction, especially if you're in one of those kind of high barrier to entry industries where it takes a lot of information. Like you need, you, you, you have to have a lot of knowledge in order to really, you know, do something significant in that field. Though I, it's to me, whenever I see that, I, I tell the people, hey, you have that expertise, go all in on that because most people with that expertise will not do it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And especially like in the first, I don't know, six, 12, 18 months when you're working hard at creating this content and putting it out there and it's just crickets, like nobody's paying yep. attention. Like that's something a lot of people cannot get past. But yep. I think it kind of comes down to loving what you're doing because if you love it, like you'll do it no matter what, because it's fun. And, and it's a combination of loving what you're doing and then doing it the right way. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to get into some of those things because for me, it didn't take six to eight, the 12 or 18 months in order to start getting the traction mm-hmm. because I did it in a specific way. How did you out of the gate learn the specific way? Because I feel like a lot of what, even with me personally, like when I approach a new subject or something that I'm interested in, take learning how to make YouTube videos, for an example, there's so much that is involved. And you could, yes, you could just say, oh, just bring out your camera and just like take action, do the whole Grant Cardone thing. But the (laughs) truth is there are tons and tons and tons of videos out there that have like 20 views on them. And some of them are actually pretty good content. So how do you figure out when you're approaching a new subject like For an example, somebody in our audience is approaching wanting to establish a blog or an online community or online presence. How do they assess the lay of the land to be like, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and that's going to get me way better results than me wasting my time with doing this thing over here. Okay, so I'll answer that in two parts. The first part is something very important and significant that I did when I first started. I didn't just start a blog. And I think what a lot of people do is they kind of, okay, I'm going to start a blog. They start a blog and then they go on YouTube and they figure out how to install a blog. And then they go on YouTube or they go to all these different blogs and they try to kind of piece all this information together. Instead of doing that, I knew I didn't have time to waste. So I actually purchased a course and I went through that course from beginning to end because I didn't want to spend a whole bunch of time figuring out stuff that somebody already figured out. So I found someone that was good at what they were teaching. I went through their training and then I just did exactly what they said. That's part number one. Mm -hmm. Now, part number two is, okay, so, all right. So let's say you're in the course. What are you going to learn to do or what should you be doing? Well, I'll tell you what I did. The first thing I did is I started to do some research. I try to see what was out there already Uh, because what I do know is if you're doing everything the same as everyone else, you're obviously not going to stand out. So I kind of went around and I just started looking for a bunch of biology blogs. And when I did that, I started to notice certain things. A lot of these biology blogs, interesting blogs, but they were very, especially at the level that I was teaching, I was teaching like neurobiology and, you know, physiology. They were very technical. They were very hard to understand for the average person because you're dealing with complicated topics. 
And what I noticed was that there was a hole. And that for me was significant. The hole was this. When it comes to these complicated topics, nobody was taking them and just breaking them down in like little simple bite-sized chunks that anyone could understand Mm. using video. So I said, you know what? I could do that. And I could do that well. And that's going to make me unique. It's going to make me different from what, quite frankly, everything else that I found. So that's the first thing I did. I try to see what are people doing and how could I approach it from a slightly unique perspective. Mm. And that is one step that a lot of people, they just don't do. They just say, you know what? I want to start a blog, so I'm going to start a blog and it's going to be on this topic. Yay. But why should I follow yours? It could be that you're taking it from a unique angle. It could be that you're, you're taking a concept and applying it to a very specific niche, a very specific geographic location. It could be a number of things, but always try to think, you know, I'm getting this started. How can I approach it from a unique angle? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes yeah, a lot absolutely. of sense. Okay. And then once I decided that, you know, I kind of followed the process that he outlined and I just, I started the blog. I started creating content. I started putting it out there. And then there were certain things that I had to do to promote the content and so on. And we can get into that as you Mm -hmm. see fit. Yeah. Do you have any kind of a starting a blog course or anything? I mean, in case anybody's listening to this and they want to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If if they go to bloggercoaching.com, that's my coaching club. It's, uh, I basically have all of the training in there on how to start a blog and I'm in there helping them like at a ridiculous Mm -hmm. level. Like they ask a question, I respond to every question with a video. Mm -hmm. It sounds crazy, but that's how I do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, they, they, they can check that out for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. And, and if they want to check out the, I have a free from idea to blog, a training course. Mm-hmm. They just go to from idea to blog.com. That's probably the best place to start because I show you how to get it all set up. Okay, cool. Yeah, we will uh, link to that in the show notes. That's re- awesome. retipster.com forward slash 46 because this is episode 46. So, Leslie, at, at what point would you say your online following became a success? And, like, or, or I guess just for anybody listening to this, like, like for me, how do I know if I'm a success? Is there like a certain number of subscribers or YouTube followers or whatever? Like, how do you know when you've made it? I made it. <laughs> That's a good question. Or, or do you ever think, really make it? Are you always just constantly trying to push for more? Yeah, I think part of that has to do with how you define success. Yeah. Like what is success for you? Because that may be completely different for me. For me, Success is I have a business that is doing well, making a certain amount of money, at least taking care of my family. And I'm able to spend a significant amount of time with my family. That's Mm -hmm. why I left my job. I was doing okay, but I was never with my family. Now I spend more time with my family than ever. Mm -hmm. Do I consider myself a success? I consider myself way more successful than I ever have been. And I just see myself on a journey of growth and that'll continue. Have I made it? I don't see that I've made it. Will there be a point where I say I've made it? I, I, I don't know. I just want to continue to live, continue to have an impact, continue to support my family, continue to build, continue to grow. Mm. I, I will never arrive. I will arrive when I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, at least that for, for me, that's the way I, I, I kind of look at it. I don't see, I will reach a point and say, you know what, this is it. Because once I stop, I'm not going to feel satisfied. Mm -hmm. I need to continue to grow in whatever aspect I am focusing on at the time. So so if if I'm hearing you right, you know, if the question is, when do you know you've arrived? The answer is when you're dead. That's that's the (laughs) takeaway, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny that you say that, Leslie, because I've been noticing a common trend among different influencers and people that I Mm -hmm. follow that the more success that you achieve, Mm -hmm. the tendency that I've noticed has been that people, they come to that same conclusion that they never really arrive and they never want to arrive. And and the people that have come to that conclusion that say, oh, I finally made it and they relax very quickly, they become depressed or something majorly goes wrong in their life and in their business. And so I think that uh, for our audience, that's a major takeaway, guys, that if you're doing what you're doing for the infamous someday, the infamous someday will never come. So don't do it. Just always be on the perpetual growth spectrum because that's that's where it seems uh to have the the sweet sauce so yeah i I don't see myself ever arriving yeah i see myself constantly growing Mm -hmm. it's like you know the human body if you do nothing 
you're gonna deteriorate. You're gonna die. No, you always have to be exercising. You have to be putting that effort out there. For me, that's the way I look at it. I, I never want to arrive. I will never retire. I might retire in terms of, you know, change focus, but not, I, my dad is retired right now. And I feel as if he's working harder now that he's retired doing all kinds of different things. So uh, I'm kind of like that. I just want to continue going, continue growing and continue focusing on the things that are important to me. Mm -hmm. And family is a huge part of that. Impact is a huge part of that. You know, I have a lot of things that I want to do with the island that I came from and, and how I want to contribute back there and so on. There's, there's so much in that that I just, I don't see an end point. Yeah. It's awesome. what, what, what island did you come from? St. Martin. Oh, cool. I've been there. It's only the best <laughs> island in the Caribbean, yeah. just, just in case you were wondering. So is, just, isn't there, I'm just getting that out there. Isn't there some like world famous beach on St. Martin Island? So what's really famous there is the airport. When the planes are landing, oh, yeah, they yeah. land right over the beach. That's right. So you get to feel the, the the propulsion of the jets and all that kind of stuff. It's it's quite an experience. Yeah, my, my main memory when I was there was just being terrified of these like giant iguana things that were coming up like <laughs> right next to me. I was like, please don't bite me. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Well, hey, I want to I want to dive into a, a question that I think will be really helpful for our listeners today. If we bring down this conversation to a, a lower common denominator where it's just more practical, like if there's somebody who's wanting to start an online following of some degree, they want to establish themselves as an authority there's podcasting and then there's blogging and then there's YouTube channel stuff and there's like all these different options out there. In your opinion, kind of having your pulse on the industry, being an expert in it, what would you suggest for somebody just starting out would be uh, an online medium that they should consider if they can't consider all across the board? If there's only one thing that they should do, should they podcast, should they blog, should they do video? What would you say? Okay. Um, now let's qualify that a little bit. Are we dealing with real estate investors yeah. or, okay, sweet. So if we're dealing with real estate, obviously that's going to be, if, if we're dealing with online, that's going to be very visual and it has to be visual. That's the same thing for me with my biology blog. I knew that for this biology blog to be successful, I needed to be making sure that people could see what I'm talking about. So I focused all on video, primarily on video. I think video is huge for people that are in real estate. And I think visuals are huge for people in real estate. So I kind of like a combination of like a YouTube and an Instagram. I think that gives you like a powerful one-two punch because there's the videos, you can do the how-tos, you can do the tours, you can kind of teach people about the area that they are looking at either investing in or living in and so on. You can become the authority in that area, depending on what your focus is for real estate. Um, and then you can kind of balance that out with, you know, having nice images and, and showcasing those on Instagram and using that as a platform to kind of get engagement and grow your community online. So I think either or, but a combination of the two could be very powerful. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. And I would think... Like, you know, I know some people, I guess even myself, like I listen to podcasts all day long. I don't read a lot of blog posts. Sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't. Um, mm -hmm. Videos kind of hit or miss. But but I would think, I mean, there's probably an audience regardless of which one you choose. It's just that you got to realize. Definitely. You can re yeah, I got to realize like if you never decide to get into the podcasting circuit, like you're sort of ignoring a group of people where that's the only yeah. way they'll ever listen to you. Absolutely. So I, I think it comes down to, you know, depending on what aspect of real estate you're into, the people that you're targeting, they're in your audience or your potential audience, where are they spending their time mm -hmm. and how are they engaging with those platforms? Yeah. The reason why I say YouTube specifically is because of the search engine, the, the, the powerful search engine that's there. People yeah. go there because they want to learn how to do stuff or they want to learn about a particular area. They want to learn all kinds of stuff. And there's so much that you can do in terms of optimizing your videos to get more exposure and visibility on the platform. And you can leverage that for getting traffic directly back to your site. 
podcasting, I look at podcasting in a different way. Podcasting is a way for you to kind of go deeper, right? We're, we're, we're having this podcast. We're on this interview right now and we're going into a conversation. People will actually spend significantly more time listening to what you have to say as long as you're engaging and informative and all that good stuff. And as charmingly so handsome get, as Seth. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, that's, that's always a, a, an added benefit. Um, but now you can go a little deeper, right? So it's, it's a matter of choosing where you want to focus and then kind of going all in on that and learning. Like if I decide I'm doing video and I'm doing YouTube, well, I want to learn how to optimize my videos. I want to learn how to keep people watching my videos so that my watch time can be higher. I want to learn the different aspects of how do you create a nice thumbnail and so on. So whatever platform, whether it's YouTube for videos, Instagram for visuals, and also videos now and stories and all the things that you can do there, or uh, podcasting, you want to learn that platform and just kind of go all in so that you can make sure that you're optimizing yourself on that platform. Yeah, for sure. And there's something to be said, I think, for picking one and really trying to master that. I know like just YouTube alone, like it's a lot. there is so much stuff. I just Even just like understanding like how you get more exposure and get seen alongside other videos and appear higher in search results. I mean, you could spend, you could get like a college degree just on that. If there was <laughs> such a thing. And, and, you know, and that say, if you were to do a blog and work with a WordPress, I mean, that's a whole other ocean of just stuff to figure out how to do. And nobody has all the time in the world. So you sort of have to be smart about where you're going to, I am very big on focus. And whenever people come to me and they say, hey, I want to start a podcast. I want to do video. I want to have articles. I want to do all this. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's choose one first. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say in my training, I say, let's choose a platform. The platform that um, you think your audience will engage with or that you are really good at. You know, if you are awesome on video, you have that certain gift. Yeah. Then go all in on that video platform and, you know, learn about how you optimize your videos, learn about what you do with your titles and your thumbnails. And how do you how do you do the kind of keyword research so that you increase the chances that people are going to be looking for the stuff that you have and uh, increase the chances that your stuff will will actually show up in the search results. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot to consider on all these different platforms. It's just a matter of choosing and then going all in. Leslie, I have a question for you. How do you focus? As an entrepreneur, you especially if you're just starting off and you're bootstrapping, right? Like you have to wear every single hat in your business. And then if you're doing it on the side, like you were when you were working a full-time job, how did you figure out like, okay, I only have two hours a night or three hours a night uh, with family obligations, work obligations to dedicate to my thing on the side, my blog, my whatever, how do I figure out what exactly I'm supposed to do? I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah, that's a great question. The first thing is that you have to realize that you actually don't have to wear every hat. Hmm. That's the first part. You know, I was, I was working as a teacher. I only had a limited amount of time. And actually, when I first started, I was doing everything and going extremely crazy. And at a certain point, I said, you know what, forget this, I'm done. And I literally just stopped everything from one day to the next. And what ended up happening just kind of amazed me. I continued to make money. And I was kind of like, wait a minute, if I'm not doing anything and I'm making money and there has to be something in between, right? There's some way for me to work, but not overwork myself. So a few things that I decided to do. Number one, I decided to get some help (laughs) to take care of all of the things that I know need to be done, but I don't want to spend as much time working on because I would rather pay someone whatever than me spend all that time trying to figure it all out. So number one, get some help. When I made that decision, I got someone to add all my content to WordPress to to find my images and to put them to the post and all those little menial things that don't necessarily have to be done by me. I got somebody else to do that. And I wasn't spending a ton of money on this person. You'd be surprised at how how much you can find someone for. So that's one part of it. The next part of it is, you know, depending on what you're focusing on, let's, let's go with the example of you're a realtor in a particular area and you want to become known as the expert in that area on all things real estate. And let's say you decide you're going to focus on video. 
Well, the most important thing you can be doing is number one, creating awesome content. And number two, getting that content out there. So it's a matter of then determine what kind of content are you going to be creating? If you're creating that video content, well, you spend the bulk of your time learning about and implementing video content creation and another bulk of your time focused on, you know, how do you get this stuff out there? Like those are your two main focuses. And yes, there are other things that you might have to do every so often and so on, but on a regular basis, but you want to make sure the bulk of your time is spent on the things that are most important for you to be doing. And then you want to get the help to offload a lot of those little things that you don't need to be doing, but that take time. That's part of it. And then for me, you know, you ask, how do I focus? I have, a, I have my spreadsheet right over here open in front of me. And on that spreadsheet, what I'm seeing right now is, and I'm just looking at the spreadsheet, at the top, I'm seeing my main things that I'm focusing on this week. The four, one, two, three, four, the five main things I am focusing on this week certain things that I want to accomplish in my business. And then I have a checklist of items that I need to finish. And it's not a, a long checklist. For today, there are one, two, three, four things on that checklist, and that's it. But those four things are directly in line with the things that I know I need to be focused on. And below that, there's my schedule, where I plug in those four things at different points in terms of what I need to work on. And by the end of, those, of today, all of those things will be done. That For me, it's about that. It's about constantly keeping those things in front of you. This is where I'm trying to reach. And these are the things that I need to focus on this week in order to accomplish it. These are the things that I need to do today in order to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish this week. That's awesome. So, so that, that's kind of how I do it. It's a combination of the training that you go through. So you know the areas that you, know, you need to cover. The, if you're focused on YouTube and you go through some YouTube training, you know what you need to be working on. And then you just kind of have that front and center as opposed to what a lot of people do. And what I've done a significant amount in the past I'm starting this blog. This blog is going to be on such and such. So I'm on social media, checking out all of these Facebook groups and learning all this information and, and poking my friends and this, and all these things that maybe it adds some value, but it doesn't help me to get to those goals that are on that spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of, you know, where do you spend your time and how do you focus that energy? Yeah. It's awesome. It's very practical. No problem. Now, speaking of social media, how important do you think social media is in all this in terms of like, you know, building a following, getting your stuff out there, all the stuff that social media lends its hand to? Like, I guess, first of all, how much of a priority should it be in terms of being active and posting stuff there and liking other people's stuff and interacting? And then also, like, in your opinion, is there one that's worth prioritizing over the others? Like is Facebook the one to be on or Twitter or Instagram. what matters the most? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. How important is social media in 2019? I would say that it's pretty significant. And there's a caveat to that. There are lots of pros that go along with social media and there are lots of cons that go along with social media. So once again, it goes back to the priority. What is your priority? What are you focused on? The way I like to approach social media is like this. I am growing my platform, my main platform that I own, I control, which is my blog. And then I am using social media as a way to get people to my blog, on my email list, and so on. We can talk about that in, as you see fit. So social media is a way for me to get my content out there and engage with my growing community. All right? So it is extremely valuable today. But it's also extremely easy to waste a ton of time on social media. So you have to be very clear about what your goals are for social media and the platforms that you want to focus on. Yeah. That's the next part. Deciding what platform you're going to focus on. Because quite frankly, you can't be everywhere, especially if you're in this building phase. You don't have a team or anything of that sort. You can't be everywhere. So choose one platform that you're going to be going all in on 
just like we mentioned with, you know, whether it's video or such and such, choose a social media platform that you want to, you want to really dominate on mm-hmm. and go all in. Learn, if, you, if, if it's Instagram, learn about hashtags, learn about stories, learn about the different things you can do on Instagram and kind of go all in. But what you want to do is fit it into that plan that you have. You know what you want to accomplish for the week. You know what you have to accomplish for today fit it into that plan and then stick with that plan. Mm -hmm. So is it important? Yes. Is there one that I think you should focus on more? What I will say is there are a few things to consider where that's concerned. Obviously, most people are on Facebook. However, in terms of organic reach, you know, you posting something on your Facebook page and people see that, that's almost non-existent today. Mm -hmm. So if you're focusing on a platform like Facebook, please expect to spend money on ads because that is to a certain extent, what is working on Facebook right now. Don't think you're going to go on there and get a lot of reach by posting organically. It's not happening anymore. The glory days of that are all gone, unfortunately. Instagram is getting significantly more engagement today than Facebook. You get 10 times more engagement on Instagram than on Facebook based on a recent study that I looked at. All right. It, So if you're in real estate and you decide that Instagram is a platform that you want to focus on, I actually think that's a very good idea because the reach problem is not, we don't have that problem as yet. I think we're seeing some of it, but not as bad as as with Facebook. And Instagram is doing so many things right now that they want to get more exposure on, like stories, and it's doing very well. Also, uh, IGTV that they just recently launched, you know, they're trying to get more exposure for these things. So if you're on there and you're creating that kind of content regularly, it's going to be easier to get exposure on that platform than it would be to get that same exposure organically on a platform like Facebook. So I think Instagram is a very interesting platform to look at right now. Now, and I notice personally when I post a story on Instagram versus Facebook, the engagement is significantly higher. Hmm. So I think it's a good one to, to focus on right now. I know if you wanted to use Instagram for the purpose of like driving traffic back to your website, I guess what are the ways to do that? You could put a link in, in your profile, you could do Insta stories. Is there some other? I just, I'm kind of a dummy with this stuff. So let me know how that works. Yeah, so, so there are a few things that you can do. Unfortunately, you can't link in each of your posts or mm-hmm. anything of that sort. That would be nice, but it actually gives Instagram kind of a different feel, and I think people really like that. Mm-hmm. So one of the places is in your bio. If you go to my Instagram bio and you um, click on the link, it'll take you to a very mobile-friendly page that gives you different ways to connect with me on your mobile device. I try to make it a very mobile friendly experience. So you could subscribe to my YouTube channel. It takes you over to the YouTube app and you can subscribe there. So having that link in your bio is one way. Another thing is, you know, just engaging on using your stories. And unfortunately, unless you have 10,000 people that are following you, you can't have the swipe up feature where you Mm. can go directly to the page, but you can talk about certain things that you have um, going on and then say, Hey, the link is in my bio and they can check that out as well. Mm -hmm. Another thing, and this is to me is where it gets even more powerful is, you know, you're posting stories and people are engaging with you. You're asking them questions and there you get really good engagement on Instagram, relatively speaking. Well, in that direct message, That's an opportunity to say, you know, let's say I posted a a story about, you know, five ways to get started with your blog and someone responds to me and they say, oh man, I would love to start a blog. Well, right in that direct message, I can say, hey, if you would love to start a blog, you need to check out fromidea2blog.com and send them over to that link. Now that is not as automated, so it doesn't sound as sexy but it's actually more personal. Mm. And what I find is when you do it that way, people are way more likely to click through. So that's another way that you can do it. And you can build it into your videos and so on, Mm -hmm. letting them know where they can go. A significant part with that then is having easy URLs Mm. that you can send people to. So I don't want to say, hey, you know, just go, and this is me on video. I don't want to say, hey, go to becomeablogger.com slash go hyphen from hyphen idea. No, 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 you don't want to do that. You want to make sure the URLs are simple, that you could say it and they know exactly where to go. That's why I, for example, have from idea to blog, 
bloggercoaching.com. For all of my significant things, I have domains that actually redirect so that I can make it, so, so that it's easy for me to say it in mm. those different media. Yeah. On Instagram there, I know like my wife, for example, she follows certain people religiously. I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's a huge deal to her. I'm actually not on Instagram that much. And I, I know I'm missing out by sort of not playing a whole lot there, but I'm curious. It seems like whenever I'm on there, the Insta stories is kind of like where a lot of the action's happening. And then there's like just posting a picture or something or a video on your Instagram profile. How much of the benefit comes from doing the Insta stories versus just doing a regular post? Like, is it important to do that Insta story thing or does that not really matter that much? Absolutely important to do it. I'm actually preparing a presentation on that right now for social media examiner because they're they're getting a lot of engagement. Like, Facebook stole stories from from Snapchat and they put it on all their different platforms. It's not doing very well on Facebook, but on Instagram, people love them. And you can notice that they're featuring them more prominently. In the beginning, there were these little tiny circles at the top. Then it got a little bigger and now it's a big square. And as you scroll through your, your Instagram feed, you will see them pop up again and so on. They are promoting them heavily because people are engaging with them a whole lot. Yeah. For me, it's, it's a matter of if they're getting such prominent placement, why, and I'm focusing on Instagram, why not go all in on stories? Now, you mentioned something I know I'm probably missing out. Quite frankly, the way I look at that is, no, you're not. You are focused on what you're hopefully mm. supposed to be focused on. And that should be intentional. Mm -hmm. If you decide I'm going all in on Instagram, that should be an intentional decision. And then you go all in on that platform. If you haven't made that decision, I haven't made that decision. So I'm not all in on Instagram, but I've studied it a a ton. And we do a lot of training in in the social media marketing society on that. So I'm very aware of what's happening, but I'm intentional about where I spend my time. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like the kind of thing where, if you're doing it well and doing it right, it's probably like a much healthier way to engage with your audience and build a following. Cause I know like the people, my wife goes to check out, like she really wants to hear what this person has to say every day. It's, it's not. Yeah. Whereas like, I know we've probably all seen if you're on Instagram people where you, you click on the Insta story and it's just a very canned impersonal, like any VA in the Philippines could have made this thing. Like it's just <laughs> dumb, you know, like, but if you're really taking the time to like think through what, what the message you're trying to deliver and make it interesting and engaging, like that's how you build raving fans. That's exactly it because yeah. most stories suck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're that one person with actually engaging stories, I'm going to, and I'm following you and I'm scrolling through my feed, I'm going to get to know that you post interesting stories. Mm-hmm. So whenever I see your face in that little bubble at the top, I'm a tap on that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are intimidated by the fact that there are so many people starting to do it, but just pay attention to the fact that so many people are doing it poorly. Mm-hmm. And then you be the one to act. We spoke about, you know, how do you set yourself apart? You be the one to actually do them well. If you're doing a story, actually do a story, have a beginning, middle, end. Mm-hmm. That's like the biggest tip right there for stories. <laughs> yeah. uh, it doesn't sound complicated, but if you look at most stories, it doesn't go like that. Mm-hmm. So just thinking about ways, how can I do what other people are doing, but do it slightly different or even slightly better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's a great point. Appreciate that. Wrapping this interview up a little bit. And by the way, thank you again, Leslie, for doing this with us. It's been really helpful to talk to you. Oh, no problem. But kind of a general closing question. As a successful entrepreneur, what have you found to be the most helpful life principle in reaching success? Or I guess as we just established, you're not really there yet, but you know what I mean? I mean, you've clearly, you've made a name for yourself and you've done what a lot of people are aspiring to do. How'd you do that? So one of the most important life principles is something that I've been focusing a whole lot on right now, because what we try to do, especially like when I first started, it was all about my business. And I literally was like always on my laptop if I wasn't working. Mm. But for me, I look at this, you know, let's call it the pursuit of success. I look at that as having a balanced life. And for me, that involves business and career, but it involves my personal life. It involves my family. It involves my spiritual life. It involves my physical health and fitness and all that stuff. 
And, you know, I went through this activity where I just kind of analyze all of the different aspects of my life to see where I'm falling short. And then, you know, I spoke about the spreadsheet that I have here Mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm using. The spreadsheet is looking at all of that and it's saying, hey, you're kind of weak on maybe your financial planning or you're weak on even in the health and fitness. For me, I thought I was doing very well because I'm always exercising. But then I realized, wait a minute, you know, I'm not regular on my medical checkups and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like looking at this wheel of life that has these different spokes on it and asking myself, where am I, where can I improve? Where do I need to improve? And then setting my goals based on that entire wheel of life, taking the full picture into perspective, as opposed to just going after the business and making sure the business is growing, but my family life over here is suffering. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's all about that web of balance and trying to make sure that I am not going so hard on one aspect and very deficient on another. Mm-hmm. That for me is what success is about. It's going more in that direction, a holistic perspective as opposed to just one thing. Yeah. Let me ask you a follow-up question on that. Do you think that it is possible when you're first starting out to lead the growth of your business and the growth of your pursuits in a balanced way? Because I know that for a lot of people that I've spoken with, and I know from firsthand experience that this balance conversation is probably the biggest thing that I personally struggle with and a lot of other people do as well. Because, you know, when you're bootstrapping and you're in the grind and you're building something yep. from scratch, right? Like you have a season where you kind of have to sleepless nights and push or do you? And I want to hear what you have to say. I, that's a great question because all of the people, <laughs> quite frankly, almost Almost all of the people that I see talking about this kind of stuff, about trying to have this balance in your life, they will tell you that, you know, it took a lot for them to get there. And there were times where they just hustled and hustled and hustled. Now they're telling you to do that. But in order to get to the point where they can even have this conversation, it took some serious hustle. Yeah. The way I look at it is more a matter of intentionality. All right. If I'm aware of the fact that there's the the health and fitness, there's the business and career, there's the family and the personal and the spiritual and all of these different aspects, and I know where I am going, ultimately, I am trying to make this balanced. And when I analyze my situation and I realize that the biggest deficiency I have is financial, and in order to get to the place where I can even start talking about that balance, I really need to focus on this financial part to get that more stabilized in order to accomplish the other things. Right. I think that's very smart because what you're doing is you're intentionally saying, this is where I want to go. And I think the best way for me to get there is for this period of time, I really need to focus on my, my financial. And for some people, I've seen it where they focus on the financial so much that their physical, it's jeopardized. And at a certain point, they realize, wait, no, you know, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to make this, you know, the year that I focus on health and fitness. And then you kind of even that part out a little bit while you kind of, you know, nurse the business part along. So I think it's a matter of being intentional about it, not letting it just happen. Making that decision, you know, if I'm making that decision and I'm a married man, I need to be talking to my wife about this. And I'm saying, hey, honey, you know, this is where we are. This is where we want to be. What's the best way? This is, you know, I think that for the next year, I need to be very focused on business. What do you think? Are you on board with that? Mm -hmm. Yes, I believe that this is what you should be focused on. Mm -hmm. You know, when I left my job, for example, in 2014, it was rough. There was no health and fitness. There was no <laughs> any of that kind of stuff. Is I need to pay the bills and I need to make sure my business is doing what it needs to be doing. And I was just so all in on that aspect of this balanced life. But I do believe that it's extremely possible. And I'm seeing as I implement these principles how possible it is. But yes, you do make compromises at certain points to really focus more on that piece that's going to give you more leverage to be able to do the other things in the future. Yeah, you know, it it reminds me of a conversation that I had with a, a friend of mine who 
he has like three multi-million dollar businesses and he good or bad he like spends half of his life literally just being a traveling nomad uh, i tell him he should start yeah. a youtube channel all the time but he said that what he's learned is that in the beginning stages when you're first setting up something that you want to be successful you have to put all of your focus and all of your energy on essentially getting the plate spinning right and then yep. once it's spinning and it's over here and it's spinning like this for those that are listening to the uh to the audio i'm actually like imagining <laughs> that there's a spinning plate on my finger go check the youtube video if you want to check it out anyway and then um and then once this is spinning, occasionally you have to come in here and give it a good spin so that it keeps going. Uh -huh. But it's kind of built momentum on its own and it'll continue to do that. And then you have to do that thing for the next plate that you want to spin. So if you want to balance all of these different things in your life, you kind of have to get the inertia going by putting hyper focus uh, on it at first. But then once it's going, you can kind of just maintain it by giving it a little bit of a push uh, here or there. So I, exactly. I like that. Yeah. You know, this conversation about, you know, what am I going to prioritize in the short term? I, I mean, maybe this is just a ridiculous thing to say, but I wonder if you could almost have the conversation instead of what am I going to ignore in the short term? So like, oh. honey, kids, sorry, you got to take a back seat <laughs> for a while. But, but I mean, I mean, honestly, like. You are saying no to something when you say yes to something else. You're saying a no to a whole lot more than you're saying yes to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that concept because that's exactly what it is. If I'm going into a launch right now, my wife and I are having a conversation about what this means. And, you know, we've been through launches before. Mm -hmm. And for this period of time, you know... This all this other stuff that I normally do, it's not going to happen because this is how we get to where we want to be. Mm -hmm. So there are things that you ignore to make that a reality. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at my, you know, wheel of priorities and I don't see enough TV watching time in there. So I'm going <laughs> to prioritize that and just let my health go and just forget there about work. <laughs> Honey, for the next few days, I can't be with the family. I got to watch some TV. That's, some it's been my biggest them. personal struggle is not yeah. enough time <laughs> Well, Leslie, oh, as we it. wrap this up, at the end of every show, we get three last questions to ask. Ooh, and like they kind of help us to understand a little bit more about how you tick, you know, how your brain works. So the first question is, what is your biggest fear? Oh, man, what is my biggest fear? I'm going to keep it really simple. Mm -hmm. I don't like snakes. Okay. I know that sounds very uh, <laughs> trivial, but something about snakes, if there's a snake in the room with me right now, it will freak me out. <laughs> now, in terms of my biggest life fear, man, I, it, I'm, I'm one of those people that don't like fear. When I say I don't like fear, if I'm afraid of something, I'm running towards it. Because to me, it's kind of like this thing where it's like a barometer or something that's telling me, hey, that makes you uncomfortable. So you go towards that. I'm trying to think of what has scared me recently. The biggest fear I can remember dealing with is when I was leaving my job, there was a point where I was freaking out because I'm leaving. It was my dream job and I'm leaving that now mm. for unpredictable yeah. entrepreneurship freaked me out mm -hmm. and that's how i knew that that was the direction that i had to go in so that's the way i approach fear if i'm afraid of it i run towards it mm -hmm. yeah me too so what is something that you're most proud of in your life right now the thing that i'm most proud of is how much time i get to spend with my family because that's always been my thing it's why i left my job and, you know, going along the same lines, I left my job to spend more time with my family. And when I left my job, I spent no time with my family <laughs> so that today I, you know, I spend the morning with my kids. We homeschool and I'm with them in the morning. This morning we went to the library, we came back and then we drew a heart and show where the blood was flowing and all that kind of stuff. So just being able to do that right now, that is something that I'm most proud of. It's awesome. Very cool. Now, what is the most important lesson you have ever learned? Oh, you just went like all <laughs> levels of deep on that one. The most 
important lesson that I have ever learned for me personally, it is if I align what I do with what I was created to do, I'm going to live the most fulfilled Mm. life as opposed to just trying to do stuff just for doing it safe or just because you know, it's something that's exciting at the moment, you know, going from the freebie guy to the blogging guy to now it's just all about having an impact. I believe that I, my purpose on this life is to inspire and to equip others to live the life that they were fully created to live. Because I believe that if I live that life, I am going to be the most fulfilled. It's awesome. Yeah, that's a huge deal. Uh, there's this thing I saw years ago spelled I-K-I-G-A-I, Ikigai. It's a Japanese concept meaning the reason for being. And mm. I'll post this in the show notes, by the way, but it's this Venn diagram with four circles. And mm. it includes what you love, what the world needs, what you can be paid for, and what you're good at. Ooh. And it, it's like, okay, what? What can I do that includes all those things? And you can not necessarily nail all four of those and still do pretty well. But like if you get all of those things right, like that's this whole infographic thing is about is like that's where you want to be. So there's a way to kind of. Yeah, if you can figure that out, that's sort of like the gold. Yep. Leslie, again, thank you so much for spending your time with us. If people want to learn more about you, I know we mentioned your blog and a couple other sites. What's the best place to go to get connected with you yeah if they want to learn about blogging from idea to blog.com that's the best place to go cool awesome all right and i assume you're on social media and everything yeah you can find me (laughs) Uh, i think i think i'm on there uh just search for leslie samuel everywhere and you'll find me all right folks well that's the whole show again check out the show notes retipster.com forward slash 46 leslie thank you again appreciate it so much and be sure to check out from idea to blog.com where you can get all kinds of value from what leslie's got going on so thanks again talk to you guys next time Thanks for listening to the RE Tipster podcast. For a full summary of this episode, stocked with links, show notes, and a lot more, check out the podcast archive page at retipster.com forward slash podcast.